welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and welcome to another episode of Real People, Real Talk. And I'm joined today once again by my lovely co-host, my wife, Ariel. Whoop, whoop. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And here's why you should listen. We are continuing our relationship emphasis. And today's episode is all about communication and conflict. Dun, dun, dun. So we adapted this content from a talk that we recently gave at our church to those that are seriously dating and engaged. We approach this from a healthy place, not a perfect place, as we have come a long way in this area and many more. And have a long way to go. But we want to share with you what we have learned in our nearly four years of marriage. All right. So let's kick this episode off with letting the people know our faults in this area, babe. Um, Can you tell them how our communication and conflict used to be? Yes, I can. So back when we were immature and dating, we would argue with each other or have conflict, whatever you want to call it, but we wouldn't do it face to face. We would get on Twitter and just hash it out with each other. Now, of course we were subtweeting and we knew it, it we knew it was about each other and we never would come right out and say, Paul did this, Ariel did this. It was just, ooh, sometimes guys just really get under my skin. Or just crazy stuff like that. We would never go to each other. We would just always go to Twitter. And that was crazy. Now that we think about it, now that I think about it, that was wild. For real. Especially you, but me too. What? So the moral of the story there is that face-to-face communication is the best way to resolve conflict. Not a text. Sometimes not even a call. Definitely not a tweet. um, As you can miss out on the non-verbals, which means a lot can be left to be misinterpreted. So because my wife and I were two imperfect human beings, conflict is inevitable. No matter how much my wife and I love Jesus, no matter how much my wife and I love each other, we are going to have conflict from time to time. And the same for you and your significant other. So it's all about, you know, how you handle these situations as it really can impact the health of your relationship for better or for worse. Yes. So in this episode, we just want to share some tips and techniques that can help you improve your relationship in the area of communication and conflict. Shout out to D. Johnson from our recent social media poll. He said communication is key, but understanding or comprehending unlocks the door in that is real that brother is speaking facts and that is a great quote to take us where we're going so slim why is communication so challenging well i'm glad you asked babe communication is so challenging because the difficulty lies in learning how to care for someone enough to fully listen and understand their perspective Exactly. I believe it was John Gottman, who's a famed marriage guru. He says that the number one predictor of divorce is the inability to solve conflict. Let that soak in. Mm, That's deep. But also, 100% of couples who are happily married have communication and conflict problems. 
So you're not alone. But the good thing about communication is that most of it is skills based. So there's an opportunity for you to improve in this area. So because learning constrictive ways to handle your differences is one of the most powerful things that you can do to not only protect your marriage, but to upgrade your marriage and upgrade your relationship. And so before we go any further, let me tell you this as it relates to conflict and relationships. Everything isn't worth fighting over. Mm hmm. Life is too precious to waste it being petty. Listen, y'all, my wife, she wakes up before me because she has to be at work before I have to be at work. And she loves to make her coffee in the morning. And we have this one of our canisters that has sugar in it. And she would use that. And when I would get up, I would notice certain things like the sugar canister wasn't back in its place. And a little bit about me. I just like everything in its place. I like cleanliness and tidiness and i just want everything to be in its place and it would always just bug me when i wake up and see this sugar canister not in its right place (laughs) and in my mind it's not funny in my mind i'm like all this woman have to do just talking to myself all this woman have to do is to just push the sugar canister just a few inches so it can fit in the corner And so that way my mental could be right when I wake up. Mm. And so it was like the Holy Spirit impressed upon my heart. Indeed. It was like, hey, all you have to do is move the sugar canister a few inches. (laughs) And so the moral of the story is this. Everything isn't worth fighting over. And so another thing I like to say like this, that my wife and I, we no longer fight each other to be right. But rather we fight with one another. We fight together to make things right. For those of you that are married, let me tell you this. Your spouse is not your enemy. The devil is. And don't forget that. All right. Because a lot of times when you can get to conflict and you can think, well, my spouse is an enemy. Let me win this argument. It's not about winning the argument. It's about winning in your relationship. Mm, That's deep. But before we go on, babe, I just want to give my side of the sugar story because we ain't got time. it's not right that. You know, you give your side and I don't give my side, you know, the person that was quote unquote doing it. So as he said, I do get up pretty early in the mornings and I'm making my coffee when I could be going out to get Starbucks, but I didn't. I was making my coffee here at home and I didn't even know that the sugar had a specific place that it was supposed to be in every single day okay I was just making my coffee and I was just pushing the canister back we got some slick counters so I was just sliding back and wherever it landed it landed so I just don't think that we should be you know talking about where the sugar canister landed because if that's just where the Lord wanted it to lay in that's just where it landed and some stuff you just gotta be like okay Lord I understand that and that's what I did and I moved forward okay okay so I'm already mentally and emotionally past that. So I'm going to let you have it because <laughs> now she don't know how to put the uh, the paper towel <laughs> holder back in the right spot. But we ain't going to talk about that right now. Man. So what we're going to talk about OCD. are seven ways to upgrade your relationship in the areas of communication and conflict. conflict. Number one, understand that the goal of communication is mutual understanding exactly the goal isn't to be heard the goal isn't to get your point across when you're conversing like it's okay you know to tell your side of the story it's okay to vent 
um, or whatever. But at the end of the day, the goal of communication is mutual understanding, not to be right, but to make things right. Babe, let's get the people scripture. Oh, scripture. Proverbs 18, two says a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Let the church say amen. Amen. Number two. Don't underestimate the impact of your words and your tone. Oh, here we go. Let's go there. Come on. We're taught from a very young age that our words don't have weight. Even used to be a song about it. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. That's simply not true. In fact, in fact, Proverbs twelve eighteen says reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Come on now. That's deep. And Proverbs eighteen twenty one says death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So your words, as you're conversing with your spouse, your significant other, either your words are going to give life uh-huh. or it's going to speak death. Your words are either going to build him up or tear him down. And it's not just the words that you speak, but it's the way that you speak them. All right. Your tone matters. Let me want to elaborate on that a bit. Yes, I will elaborate on that. And y'all, you just got to be careful because you just don't know the type of stuff that you pick up from other people until it's in the moment and you doing it. it. You know, like everybody has parents. Okay. You might have guardians at this moment, whatever the case may be. But whoever you grew up with, whoever you were around, you picked up on those tendencies and you won't find out some of that stuff until you're married and you're into your marriage and you and your partner have to figure out some stuff between y'all And then you think back, and you're like, man, my, I sound like my dad or man, I sound like my mom or man. I remember my mom used to do that. So you got to be real careful because a lot of stuff you pick up from people inside your house. Anywho, anywho. Tone, yes. So, me and my beautiful, handsome, amazing, talented, caring husband had to have a conversation about tone, okay? It wasn't what he was saying, okay? It was how he was saying it. And I had to let him know. I was like, hey, your tone is messing everything up, man. You could be saying the best of things, but it's the way that you say it. And I've always been a fragile flower. You know, I didn't get too many whoopings growing up. My mom didn't have to whoop me. She whooped me one time and I won't let her forget it. Um, No comment. (laughs) But she just had to say something or say this, say that, or the tone that she said in it. I knew she wasn't playing. Okay. So she didn't even have to give me a whooping or anything. Because that's just the type of person that I am. And so I had to have a conversation with my husband because I was like, babe, your facial expressions, the way that you look in, your tone is really giving me different type of vibes. And we had to have a come to Jesus meeting. And we did. And he fixed it, y'all. He fixed it. And I'm so proud of him for fixing it because I just couldn't move past it. It was just it's something about that tone of voice and the way that somebody talks to me and I came to this recognition that 
my love language is words of affirmation, right? And so if I am receive, I like to receive love with words of affirmation. When somebody don't give me those words of affirmation or the tone of those words are not in a good place, it'll really be setting me to the side and making me look sideways. So, look, you got to find yourself. You got to know yourself and know what helps you. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And so that, that really speaks to a couple of things before we move on is be open and honest with your spouse. And if your spouse is coming to you and let you know that something bothers them, like, don't belittle that. Don't invalidate their feelings. Like, hear them out and make the necessary changes. So the moral of the story is this. What you say and how you say it matters. Yes. So act accordingly, my friend. Act accordingly. Number three, recognize any negative communication patterns you may have. Exactly, because before we can experience good communication, we must address the areas where we are totally missing it. Yeah. So now real quick, I want to give you two destructive patterns that you need to avoid. So the first, we have withdrawal and avoidance. So this can come in several different forms. So we're talking about unwillingness, unwillingness to get in or stay in important discussions or conversations we're talking about leaving the room, shutting down, leaving the house, or trying to fake the peace just so you don't have to deal with the situation that you're in, okay? We're talking about switching the topics, bouncing around, changing, looking other places, trying to steer the conversation away from where it needs to be, okay? Keeping your opinions to yourself because you think it's going to be helpful to keep your opinions to yourself, that's not helpful, okay? That is hurting you. That's hurting you because then you get to suppressing your anger, okay? And when you suppress your anger, it's like a volcano. Volcanoes erupt, even though they may not erupt for every millions of years or thousands of years. They erupt, okay? Just because it's an inactive volcano right now don't mean that later on it won't erupt. So if you're holding on to all of that anger and bitterness and all that unforgiveness inside your heart, okay, you're going to erupt at one point. And I am not ashamed to say that I am the withdrawal and avoidance person. I will leave the room. I will leave the situation. I do not like (laughs) any type of confrontation or somebody coming at me wrong or some somebody like it could be through text message. It can be through a phone call. It could be through somebody else. But I'm not a confrontational person. And so when people start being super confrontational with me, I will leave the situation. I will shut down. You won't get too much from me. And I can say that I have grown from um, college for sure, from childhood, because now I can have an open conversation with people. Like being married has really um, helped me out a lot because with marriage, you just can't run. I mean, you can run out the door, but you're going to have to come back and you're going to have to face this situation and you're going to have to talk it through. And so all of that running and all that stuff that could have been done when you are dating and you're not in the same household, when you get married, it's a different story. Exactly, babe. So here's the thing. Withdrawing and running avoids the problem. And in relationships, we need to seek to solve the problem. And secondly, we have escalation as a negative destructive pattern. 
Instead of adding gas to the fire, so to speak, seek to add water. In other words, we need to think before we speak. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in the middle of having a conflict or a disagreement, ask yourself this. Will what I say next get us closer to a solution or am I just being petty? <laughs> but, babe, let's get back to scripture. Yes. Proverbs 15 and 1 says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So back to the big list. A way to upgrade your relationship in the areas of communication and conflict. Number four is give each other the space and grace to take a time out. We've learned that everything can be resolved in 24 hours. But we do know this. At the end of each day, no matter how hard of a day that we may have had together, and maybe we had had an argument or whatever, we we have made this commitment to one another. We're going to say good night, love you, and we're going to try this thing again tomorrow. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Because sometimes it takes a time out to cool off, mm-hmm. and that could be very beneficial. That's real, babe, because... You don't want to have these type of conversations when you're in the heat of the moment and you're mad and you're just trying to be petty because nobody thinks straight whenever they're angry. So like people like to send off text messages and pop off at the mouth whenever they get angry. But those are the moments that you really need to be guarding your tongue and your mouth because once you say something, it can't be taken back. So it's important that you say to your partner, I do Want to have this conversation, but not right now. Okay, we can talk later and y'all can have you can talk about what later is. Okay, 24 hours, 48 hours, get your mind together. But you always need to come back to that conversation to make sure that you are um, resolving it in a good way. Don't just say, okay, we're going to take a time out. We're not going to talk about it no more. That's that's withdrawal. That's withdrawal. Okay. You want to make sure that you come back to that conversation because you still need to resolve it. You just need to do it in a clear head. Plus, there's no point in trying to have a discussion, right? Unless you're both ready to hear one another out. If one of you is angry, the other one is calm, not going to work. You both need to be clear and level-headed. So be gracious and honor the request of just taking some time to think. Exactly, babe. I'm so glad you made that distinction. There's a difference between being a runner and then just taking a time out. And mm-hmm. so before we move on, let me say this, like try not to have a serious conversation when you are the following when you're hungry, because a lack of food can have you out here moody. Y'all real hangry. <laughs> try not to have a conversation, a serious conversation when you're angry, as my wife already alluded to. You don't want your emotions to negatively impact you as you seek to solve the issue at hand. And you definitely don't want to do it like when you're either late or you lost. And just from experience, don't do that. (laughs) Um, If you're tired, um, because at that point, you could be very easily irritable. All right. Mm -hmm. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.1, there's a time and place for everything. That's right. So act accordingly. That's the word. Number five, don't assume you are healthy because you don't have conflict. Exactly. As we alluded to earlier, because we're both fallen human beings Mm -hmm. Uh, we love the lord we love each other but we're not perfect so therefore at times conflict and disagreement is inevitable and to be honest it probably should be expected something kind of breaks for it and i mean if we're being honest here like we're going to disappoint each other from time to time that's life that's marriage 
And maybe some of you don't have conflict because you don't communicate well. But at the end of the day, my wife and I, we are sure to give each other a lot of grace. So mm-hmm. once again, it's normal to have conflict. It's normal to disagree from time to time. But I'm not saying like it's normal to scream and yell and belittle and name call. That's a totally different thing. But you're not going to see eye to eye on every single thing with your spouse. Right. There's a difference between conflict and just downright fighting. Okay. You got to know the difference between conflict, arguments, and downright fighting. Conflict is what we're talking about. Okay. So don't see conflict as a roadblock. See conflict as an opportunity. It can be an opportunity for growth, an opportunity to glorify God in what you are doing and saying. Okay. Because God uses our spouses in conflict. As instruments of change in this process of sanctification, right? So God going to put you with somebody that he know going to challenge you. He going to put you with somebody that he know is going to try to bring up some of those things that you might not like to bring up, but you need to bring them up. Mm-hmm. Those things. Yep. Amen. Amen, church. Amen. So number six, take responsibility for your own actions oh that's deep already we don't even have to go no further i know that's self-explanatory don't blame your spouse as the main reason why you're fighting Mm. and this whole blame game um has been going on since the beginning of time with adam and eve um adam was blaming eve eve was blaming the snake but what does the bible say about this the bible says Preach, preach out. James 4, 1 through 2 says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights amongst you? Is it not that this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. The reason that we fight is because we are selfish. So I really believe if each person will own his or her part, then you guys can get to a solution more quickly instead of the point, instead of pointing the fingers at one another. Mm -hmm. And lastly, we have number seven, which is to invite others in. Now, babe, I'm going to need you to elaborate on this and let them know what we mean by inviting others in. Yeah, this this life isn't meant to be lived alone. Community matters as we need people in our lives. Um, I would encourage you to find an older couple that has a healthy marriage, meet with them, uh, maybe have lunch with them and come with questions about marriage and just learn from them. Um, It's also healthy to seek out other healthy couples that you can do life with, go on double dates with, um, have game nights with. So you can just, you know, it can be good for your marriage. Another way that you can invite others in is to seek marital counseling. And maybe that's through a therapist or a pastor or once again, an older couple in the church. Just depending on the severity of the situation and your current context in your marriage. But hear, hear me out. If you see problems in your marriage, don't sweep it under the rug. Get help ASAP. In other words, don't wait until your marriage is in shambles before you seek help. Take preventative measures. And so, so babe, can you give us a quick recap of the seven ways to upgrade your relationship in the areas of communication and conflict? I surely can, babe. But before I go there, I just want to piggyback off of what you said about inviting people in, inviting others in, right? Make sure that you are inviting godly 
people into your marriage. Amen you to that. You want somebody that's in the word, a couple that's in the word, that goes to church, that can lead you into a good path. And they on the same page, they talking to God, they praying, and they can help you out in that area too. Okay. Thank you. All right. So a wrap up of the seven sayings. Number one, understand that the goal of communication is mutual understanding. Number two, don't underestimate the impact of your words and tone. Number three, recognize any negative communication patterns that you might have. You. Number four, give each other space and grace to have a timeout. Number five, don't assume you're healthy because you don't have conflict. Number six, take responsibility for your actions. And last but not least, completion. Number seven, invite others in. Very well said and great clarification that as you invite others in, make sure you invite the right people in. People that's going to make you hungrier for the Lord. That will do it for today, y'all. Um, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to share this episode with couples that can benefit from today's content. And we will see you on March 2nd. That will be episode 100. Woo! Yes, this is episode 99. And our next one will be episode 100. 100 episodes of Real People, Real Talk, as it has been a fun journey indeed. Indeed. And we are grateful to you for tuning in and sharing this podcast with others that you think it will help grow and we want to reach more people. Help us grow, y'all. Help us grow. Exactly. And since it's February, at the time of this recording, the Mm -hmm. month of love, we are going to conclude with a snippet of a song called Fall in Love by Jandalyn White. And I'm going to leave that link so you can listen to it in full if you would like to. But until next time, go be all that God has called you to be. And we out. Come on, help me sing it. No matter how far. No matter how far. No matter how far.